Are you ready to elevate your doula business to the next level? I want to introduce you to the ultimate guide to crafting your kick-ass doula packages. Whether you're a seasoned doula looking to refresh your offerings or just starting out in the field, this free guide is your roadmap to success. In this guide, you'll find strategies to tailor your services for your clients, ways to make the prices sustainable for you and something that you feel really great about, and different creative ways to make your doula packages unique to you and not just the same as everybody else's in the industry. This is a free guide and you can download it right now. Head over to hurrahdoulaservices.com slash doula packages to get your copy today. podcast about doula tips and tits. I am Kaylee Harad, your host. I am a childbirth educator. I am a um, doula, (laughs) a mom, um, and I am the author and creator of the Birth Prep Blueprint, which is the class that hosts this podcast. So um, I have information about that class in the show notes, Um, but that's how this, that class is how this podcast is even possible. So Um, I am pretty proud of it. It is comprehensive childbirth education that you buy once and use forever. And um, that is informed consent and advocacy centered, um, because I think those are two really important things that are left out of many childbirth education classes. So um, I am in the D.C. area. So um, a lot of my clients are, of course, here in the D.C. area. So recently, one of my clients asked a question um, to have on the podcast, and so that is what we're talking about actually all week this week, because the two-part thing. So her question was, can you talk about the differences in the phases of labor and how they are distinct? And so I decided it needs to be two things, where one is, how are the phases of labor different physically? And then how are the phases of labor different emotionally? So today is part one, talking about the physical differences. Um, To get us started, this is not medical advice. I am not your medical provider. So please speak to your medical provider for medical advice that's specific to you. This is for entertainment and education only. Another side note is that it's raining here and my children are all home because we all have a cold. So... Um, if I sound a little stuffy and you hear kids or rain, that is why it just is what it is today. So, um, so to start us off with, let's have a quick refresher on what the phases of labor are. So again, I mean, you know, if you've been around for any length of time, that one of my most basic suggestions for pregnant people is that you need to have a childbirth education class. You really need to. And it's not about you not trusting your provider or anything like that, but it's vitally important. So a childbirth education class should talk to you about how labor progresses. Now, I honestly sometimes don't love the language around these phases because I think as an actual labor plays out, it's a little bit nuanced to tell. Well, it's it's nuanced every time, right? Like, Labor is just different every single time. Um, Sometimes it's very clear what stage a person is in or phase of labor. Other times it's really hard to tell. 
And I think in labor, sometimes there's like a really strong need or desire to know where you are in the process, meaning like how much, how much longer until you're done. Right. Or, um, where exactly is this still early labor? Is this active labor? Is this transition? Um, and, and kind of being able to pinpoint those phases. However, there is kind of a blurred space in between them. And there's a little, I, I call them like micro transitions all throughout the process of labor for some folks, right? So it can be kind of hard to pinpoint where you are in the process. Um, but physically and emotionally, they do typically feel somewhat different, although it's hard to say, like, are you at the beginning of that phase or the middle or the end? So I don't want you to walk away from this thinking you can, like, navigate your labor and pinpoint exactly where you are at any given moment. That is not possible <laughs> in my mind, except for when you're pushing, you're pushing, right? And so you know that for sure. Um but also, I don't think that it's helpful, honestly, because what can end up happening, and I have had this happen at a few births I've attended, it looks like you're in a phase that you're not in, right? So, like, even you can start looking like you're about to start pushing and you're not yet 10 centimeters. And that feels a little bit like you're being deceived by your body, right? So, I think taking labor moment by moment is still vitally important even if we're kind of trying to parse out these phases, okay? So that is my very long caveat to why I don't really love these phases and the language around them. So the the first part of labor is traditionally called early labor, okay? Now, in general, this is the easiest part. Usually physically, it's the least intense. So um, a typical spontaneous labor starts with, like, contractions that are pretty far-spaced, maybe 30 seconds long, and are generally fairly mild. You can, like, keep your eyes open and maybe have a conversation in the midst of it. Maybe not, but even if you can't talk right when it's happening, you probably can talk immediately after and immediately before. So you're not really needing to, like, prepare and focus. You're just like, oh, there's a contraction, right? It's that kind of excitement. Sometimes you have a rush of, like, adrenaline because you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in labor. I'm having the baby, right? Um, so all of that is there. Basically, you typically feel it in your abdomen or in your back, depending on position of the baby to some extent, also depending on size of the baby, size of your body, all sorts of different factors. But it is typically higher up. So usually in early labor, you don't feel as much physically really far down low. And they're just easier to cope with, right? So you maybe don't need a lot of coping strategies and techniques. You might be doing some different positions for the sake of progression, but not necessarily out of like an absolute need to get into those positions. Okay. So um, this is the easiest time of labor. It's also the longest part of labor. So this is oftentimes when a person who's giving birth for the first time is like kind of like how do I gauge when I should go to my birth location if I'm not having a home birth and like where am I in the process right so for me as a doula early labor is a time of a lot of reassurance for my clients especially when they're giving birth for the first time um, and helping them navigate like how are they going to know the difference 
in early labor and active labor as it kind of transitions into that, right? So then active labor is the middle part. Um, this is where I don't love the titles because <laughs> technically active labor, most people consider active labor around five or six centimeters. Some people say four, but most people five or six. So at like three to four centimeters, sometimes you're contracting like active labor. But if someone checks your cervix, they might say, you're only three centimeters. You're in early labor. And that is really discouraging when you're like, uh, this is very active. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't particularly love the language around it because it feels a little bit like you're gaslighting the person who's doing this hard work um, and saying that, that the work shouldn't be that hard. Right. This is still the easy part. So that's where I mean those like micro transitions happen. Right. So. Your cervix is not a magical ball <laughs> of knowledge about your labor. So let's say you get a cervical exam and you're contracting every two to three minutes. They're a minute long and you're like, these are pretty darn intense, right? Your cervix could be three centimeters in that moment and change to four centimeters rapidly thereafter, right? We don't really know. It could also be that you're going to be three centimeters for the next couple hours. We also don't know that. So um, that's where I don't love the labels in that moment because I think it's hard to not feel like you're just doing nothing, right? Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> so now stay on topic. So today we're talking about the physical difference. So physically, typically you start to feel a deeper sensation. So a lot of my clients would be like, oh my gosh, I have so much pelvic pressure. That is the first word that I typically am like, oh, pressure, that's a good thing. We're looking for pressure. That's what we want, right? Um, so, so in terms of how you feel the contraction, they're deeper in your pelvis. You do also generally feel um, like the intensity kind of like lasts a little bit longer. Like some of my clients feel like they, they have to kind of like really intentionally relax to get the contraction to go all the way away, Right. This is also the moment when if you're holding tension in your body, you really feel it because it intensifies the contraction at the peak of the contraction. And then that is often why you can't quite get it to go away is that your own muscles are still very tense. And so one of the things I focus on in this phase of labor is relaxation, like in between really like shaking out your back. And like taking a breath, right? If you're listening to this as a podcast and not watching it on YouTube, I am uh, doing what I'm saying. So that's why it sounds weird. Um, so, so this is a time when you really intentionally relax in between contractions. Also a time when you cannot talk while it's happening. And oftentimes you feel that ramp up coming and you have to put all your focus on it, right? Like you're like, everyone, shh, right? Here comes a contraction. We're going to focus, right? Maybe you have your eyes closed. Lots of people do. Maybe you have kind of like a ritualistic rhythm happening. Like maybe you sway, maybe you breathe, maybe you say some things that make you feel um, affirmed and safe and strong and all of that. Um, you might have like particular kinds of comforting touch that's helpful. Like this is a time when lots of clients like or lots of pregnant people 
um, like hip squeezes and pressure on the back of their pelvis and things that are like physically relieving to some of the intensity of labor. Okay. So um, also because the timing is closer together in this phase, it is harder to rest in between. So early labor physically is your time to really rest as much as you can, because then you'll be, have more energy, you'll be more ready for this active part. Okay. This, this more active part when, when rest is shorter periods and your body feels the intensity in a different kind of way. Okay. So that's active labor. Now, generally speaking, active labor lasts anywhere from one to a couple hours. Um, the average is around like five, but it can be longer than that. That's normal for it to be longer. Obviously, sometimes it's way shorter. Um, it really just depends on your cervix and your body and what's up with your labor pattern and all of that. Um, now, when you get to transition, this is, again, a time when it's really hard to tell exactly where you are, right? Because transition is considered like the last couple centimeters before 10 centimeters up until you're pushing, so that can take a couple minutes. Sometimes it takes like a couple hours. It's hard a little bit to feel the difference in like the later part of active labor and the early part of transition. So sometimes I'll have clients say things to me like, I think I'm in transition. And I'm like, I think you might be, but also like labor's hard. So maybe, right? Like, but also we are getting closer to the end always, every single contraction. So that's always a comfort, right? Um, so I, I guess just to reiterate that it does not mean, like, if you are in transition, it doesn't mean you're a certain amount of time away from giving birth. So what does transition feel like? It is intense. You have a lot of pressure in your pelvis. A lot of times um, your provider will start asking you or your doula or your nurse or whoever will start asking you about pelvic pressure, vaginal and rectal pressure. Now, what happens oftentimes is the baby gets deeper and starts to, like, really get down into your pelvis is that you feel rectal pressure, which feels like you really have to poop. And that sensation comes and goes with contractions during transition. And then the closer you get to pushing, the more that sensation, that urge stays even when you're not contracting. Okay. So, um I would say from like middle of the active labor to pushing, there's a lot of conversation around around rectal pressure. So get used to that phrasing. Um, If you feel like you really have to poop and you don't actually have, like you don't actually need to have a bowel movement, but you feel the urge, that's the baby's head coming deeper into your pelvis. Sometimes it can be like, a four bag of fluids and we can get into that another episode. Um, But it's, it's your, it's the fact that progression is being made and the baby is getting deeper, right? However, let's say you're at home and you're laboring. Your plan is to go somewhere. So you're planning to go to a birth center or go to a hospital to give birth. If you start feeling rectal pressure, so you feel that like need to poop, but you don't actually need to poop. Like you tried going poop, but nothing's there, right? That is a sign that you should get to your birthing place fast-ish um, because that could mean that you're getting close to pushing, okay? 
So physically, um, there's an intensity with transition contractions that means it takes all of your focus. Now, in general, in transition, you have a very set ritual. So maybe you move a certain way, you breathe a certain way, you have pressure from a certain person in a certain place, <laughs> a certain person tells you that you're amazing, and it's the same for every contraction, right? Now, sometimes that rhythm is wildly helpful and really amazing. Other times, it's making transition worse. So as a doula, sometimes I will try to help make like micro adjustments to that transition rhythm if it's not serving the pregnant person well or it's not helping, right? Like there are times in labor when you can kind of get stuck a little bit where you're like, I'm in this position that I hate, but I also don't want to move, <laughs> but I hate it. And so I'll sometimes say things like, I know you don't want to move. I want us to try this position. How do you feel about that? And my clients will be like, Kaylee, I don't want to move. And I'm like, yeah, but this is a terrible position, right? And they're like, yes, I hate this position. I'm like, yeah, so we should so we should move, right? So let's move because you hate this position. And it's a terrible position. And you're going to have more of these contractions. Like, how about we get out of this position so you don't have to keep contracting here because it's not helpful in any way, right? So sometimes you do need some adjustments, to that um, pattern and rhythm. However, um, this is a little bit for support people. So um, if you are a partner, a spouse, a family member, a friend, a doula who supports birthing people, there is a time in labor that specific things have to be done by specific people, every single contraction. And I see this most often in transition, um, but oftentimes it can be very specific, like like wildly specific. Like I can hold your hand, but only your hand. I can lean on you, but only you, nobody else. It's not that I just need to lean. I need to lean on you. Um, I can get a hip squeeze, but only from this person, right? This person can rub my back, but no one else can touch me, right? And if you've been at births, or you've had a baby, you're probably like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? Um, one big thing to keep in mind is that it is not about you, the non-pregnant person, right? Like support people, whatever. It's not like if a doula client is like, I want to hold your hand and not your hand, it's not personal. It's because labor is crazy intense and it actually probably doesn't even make sense to them in the moment, right? Most of my clients who have something so specific like that, they will get to the end and be like, I'm not sure why that was so specific, right? And it's funny because it is just wildly specific. Sometimes it's a matter of like, I can listen to your voice, but not your voice. I want to hear, like, feel your hands, but not your hands, right? And it's different every time and in different parts of labor. So as much as possible, <laughs> release anything you feel about taking that personally and just support the person you're supporting because they are in labor and you are not. So, um, so then after those phases, the next thing that happens is pushing, so that is the next part. So these three phases are really talking about labor up to 10 centimeters dilated. And it's a little bit confusing because we talk about labor in stages, meaning the zero to 10 centimeters, stage one, pushing, stage two, 
placenta stage three, right? But then within stage one, we talk about these three phases. And so um, the three stages are very distinct parts of labor where you contract until you're 10 centimeters, you push out a baby, and then you deliver the placenta, right? These are three distinct parts of labor. The phases that I'm talking about now, the early active and transition, are a little bit hazier in that it's harder to really distinctly tell where you are for some labors, right? Some labors, it's really easy to tell. Others, it's super hard to tell. And it's not always helpful to know, right? Like, I don't know that in labor, our aim should be to pinpoint exactly where a person is. I think just supporting the labor as it happens and the needs that come up as they come up is a better way to handle it. So anywho, this is my first part of these two episodes. Um, Friday's episode will be about the emotional differences in these three phases. Um, and then I'm super pumped that this client sent me a question. If you have a question for me, I would love, love, love for you to send it to me. Shoot me a message on Instagram, um, comment, like, subscribe, all of that stuff. Um, and if you are looking for childbirth education, I strongly recommend my class. You have a coupon um, in the show notes, actually, so you get 10% off of it. But you also own it forever, so you can keep going back to it if you have more babies or if you forget some part of it or whatever. So um, so that's all. All that information is in the show notes. Um, I appreciate you listening today. I hope that you have wonderfully well-informed consent-filled births. And um, come back on Friday for part two of this particular topic. Thanks.